spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast, and I have a very interesting guest today. Um, I saw Paige Verney on Lost Speedways, an episode of Lost Speedways, which I'm sure most of you know is a show on Peacock that is produced by Dirty Mode Media, which is the Dale Earnhardt Jr. Media Company. And I saw Paige on there. She's the founder of Maine's Lost Speedways and a former race car driver. And so we're going to talk to her today and find out how did a young 20-something girl get interested in what I would consider lost speedways or, um, you know, speedways from the past when she's such a young gal. So we're going to meet Paige and learn more about her today. So Paige, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Paige. I live in the great state of Maine. My husband and I recently welcomed a baby girl into the world about a month ago. So life's been a little adjusting. <laughs> um, she's the best. She's amazing. Um, during my spare time, I love to go fishing, um, hiking, and I'm also a beekeeper. Um, in the spring, my husband and I, we love to make maple syrup. Um, and I used to be a kindergarten teacher before I became a stay-at-home mom. So that is my life currently. So Okay, awesome. So what's your little girl's name? Caroline. Oh, yeah. pretty, pretty name. Old-fashioned name, which I like. I like hearing those names. Named after yeah. my grandmother. So. Oh, that's very sweet. Very yeah. nice. So Paige... Um, we're just going to get right into it. I, I saw you on an episode of Lost Speedways and I took your name down, right? In fact, I went back to get your name to make sure I could find you. Got uh, a hold of you on social media. We connected because, um, you know, the whole Lost Speedway thing is really taking, you know, people by storm. They're following it. They're watching it on Peacock. They're watching it on NBCSN. You know, they talk about it a lot on um, like during races and different things. When there's a rain delay, a lot of times they'll play one of those episodes. So how did a young girl like you get interested in old racetracks? So it's kind of a funny story, actually, because um, I used to be um, a driver myself. Um, I started um, getting into motorsports around age 14 and um, I raced mini cups for a long time. Um, I actually won a championship in 2013, which is pretty cool. Um, but back in 2012, one of my family members actually bought um, Wiscasset Speedway. And Wiscasset Speedway was actually almost a lost speedway. Um, it was closed down for a little bit and it got purchased. And, um, and it really made me wonder how many racetracks across the state really didn't open back up? And that's where my research really took off. And that's when Maine's Lost Speedways was born, you know? Um, 
And it's amazing because along the way, I've met just a lot of people that older people that are, um, also interested in this lost speedways thing also, um, like Stephen Pellerin, I pretty much have him on speed dial. He is like the racing history God in Maine. He's amazing. Um, so that's a really great connection. And as you know, on lost speedways, like Bobby Marcos and Matthew Dillner, um, we've really followed each other, um, throughout the years. So we followed each other's pages. So you know, Matthew reached out to me and he said, Hey, like we got this really cool thing going, like, let's set up a meeting. And I'm like, no way, you know? And, um, I got invited to be on the show and which was really awesome. I just felt like my whole, um, research and lost speedways thing really just came full circle then, you know, just sharing it with, um, other people who are passionate about it. So yeah. Yeah. That's really cool um, <clears throat> because I was wondering how you got connected and I figured it was through Matthew somehow. So you followed him and Bobby and yeah. then you were able to connect and and then here you are on the show and then now here we are talking today, right. which is just amazing how we, you know, we talked before we started recording, how it's kind of like a, you know, there's a a little spot in the middle and then that reach that person reaches this person that person reaches that person and it just exactly. keeps going to connect people that normally would never connect in any way right. right yeah so when you said you did research what did you go online how did you do your research for your last few um, ways well, I started out online. That is pretty limited. Um, so the historical societies have been my best friend. Um, and really making connections with people who are older, um, who are, who actually were at these races and these racetracks that, um, were, that are closed down and getting information from them also. And, like with Stephen Pellerin, he kept, he connects me with somebody else. And then this other person connects me with somebody else, you know, and that's how I really make those connections. And I attend the Arundel Speedway um, reunion event every year. And, and that's another great opportunity also, because um, it really draws people in um, who, you know, have gone to these racetracks and were they were at a rundle speedway with the original car you know that race there which is pretty cool um but yeah that's that's how it's all about connections really it really is <laughs> it really so is. about how many racetracks in Maine would you say have closed or we've lost oh, over the years I think I have like over 50 on my list oh, I think that's um, a lot there's a lot um, I've pretty much found all of them. Um, some of them, it's a little foggy because like some of them only held like a couple of races, kind of like the kite track, um, in Southern Maine, they only held a couple of races type thing. So it's like, is that really considered a lost speedway or a horse track, you know, yeah. but yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> that, is, that is a lot for what I consider the size of the state, you know? Yeah, and exactly. And now we only have like four, three or four operating racetracks in the state of Maine, and we're going to be losing potentially another one. And I heard that. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. sad. 
so let's talk about that for just a second so it, it's it tell me the name is it beach no yep beach ridge motor speedway beach ridge motor speedway i wanted to yeah. make sure i had that right i listen to another podcast sometimes and it's it's based in it must be based in maine because the one guy i think um is the promoter he runs riverhead is riverhead one of them over there riverhead riverhead river something anyway they were talking about losing this track and what a shock it was to the it racers it's a big it's a big blow to the to racing in the northeast it really is and it's so sad because um there's so much history there yeah. and I don't know what um, the future looks like for Beach Ridge. Um, I've only heard hearsay, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, well, according to these guys, and they kind of seem to know that, you know, he got an offer he couldn't refuse. Right. And I mean, isn't that the way it is? It, you know, unfortunately, short track racing is important to the people that go. Right. But there's also people out there who want that land because it's usually a good piece of land, right. want that land to develop and build a shopping mall or apartments or whatever. And you can see why these racetracks are closing in that respect, because making money at a racetrack is probably few and far between. Yep. And, you know, if you look at, you know, over the years time, how many nights they made money and how many night, nights they lost money, it probably doesn't even out would be my right. guess. And right. so you can't really blame the guy, you know, for doing it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know how old the guy is, but, but you can see why these tracks are closing. And it is a shame because from what I've heard and learned about that track, there's not anything really that close that those racers will go to. And so right. they'll, exactly. they'll stop racing or where are they going to go south or where are they going to go right and, and that's really sad it to, is that happened it is absolutely yeah. and um i hope that the tracks that are open like wiscasset of course in oxford um yeah. kind of like band together you know and make a home for these um drivers because yeah. That's a, that's a loss, you know, and they have a lot of money invested into these cars and they're really passionate about racing, right. of course, and where are they yeah. going to go? So. That's what I was thinking too, uh, you know, they've got thousands of dollars invested in cars and parts and tires and trailers and all kinds of things, and what a shame for those people, so I'm, I'm really hoping they find some place that they can race that that's important to keep that going and it's important for the future too so um so Paige what what is it about you know digging into the history of these lost speedways that really gets you excited what what is it about it that keeps you looking for all this history um I have always been interested in history like family history I love my family history type thing. So I feel like it's kind of natural for me. <laughs> um, and I just love hearing the stories, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like Waterville, Oakland Speedway, um, north of here. Um, like the grandstands collapsed the first race and that was it, you know, it's like, geez, you know, and it's hard because only being 28 years old, I, 
I never been to any of these speedways, you know, cause I'm so young and, um, that's kind of part of the challenge is it's kind of like a puzzle you get, you have to just piece it all together. And that's what I really just love about it and just digging and digging, you know, and, um, talking to these people that were there and which is also hard because a lot of them have passed away, which is Mm -hmm. sad because that's history lost. And I was actually just talking to someone um, that said, oh, I had a ton of pictures of Sanford Speedway and I lost them all in a house fire. And like my heart just sank. I'm just like, you're kidding. I'm like, that's so sickening, you know? And I, I just love hearing the stories, you know? Yeah. Of it all. Isn't it wonderful that though we are able to tell there's some background noise. There's something making noise. I'm not sure what it is every little bit. So, um, but isn't it wonderful that of course, you know, Dale Jr. and Matthew and Bobby and now you, maybe it'll inspire somebody in Illinois or Missouri or Kansas to do the same thing. And exactly find some lost speedways that they can tell the stories and you know that's um you know that's I mean I feel like raising history really isn't about my research you know I feel like or what I want to accomplish um I just really want to set I guess an example or be a guiding light for the younger generation right Um, you know really just showing them that this that doing research on lost speedways really isn't for the older generation, you know, we can do it too. And it's cool, you know, and, um, especially being a female, you know, like there's always room on the bandwagon, you know, and, um, and it's so important. And I really truly live by this, um, is it's important that we leave Maine's racing history better than we found it. Um, and just really banding all together with like-minded people Mm -hmm. and, um, keeping it alive and preserving it. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, there's not going to be a history book in, in junior, you know, when you're a junior in high school, you're not going to learn about speedways. You're going to learn about the civil war and all those other kinds of things. And so we need historians who care about these kinds of things. And I, I just love what you're doing. So, um, so you put your stories on your Facebook page. Do you publish them anywhere else? Do you, what else do I, you do? I don't, I just um, mainly just put them on my Facebook page and, and I like, and I like the aspect of that because it really bands people together um, that do have Facebook and that follow my page. And they're like, oh, I remember this race. And they start having a conversation with other people. Um, mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I was there too. Or, um, oh, where's this car now? You know, type thing. You know, it's really a great hub of um, gathering people yeah. that were at these tracks, you know. And I have thought about, you know, publishing elsewhere, but, you know, I don't really feel led to because really what I want is what I have, you know, these people coming together and they're like, oh, I remember that, you know, and oh, I took this picture. I was in that car, you know, just that's what I like. And so do people, do people share pictures and things on your Facebook page? Oh yeah. All the time. And even like people add me on my um, personal page also and send me pictures and 
or they just drop like a really nice note saying like, you are awesome. Saw you on the show. Um, you really blew my socks away, you know, just really, really cool. And, um, yeah. And I actually, a funny story, um, when I was in college, one of the professors at my school, I didn't realize till after, um, his family, his family was really big, um, in Maine for racing and the Libby's and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like you were a professor at the college that I went to and he sent me a bunch of pictures and it was just, it's just a small world. Like, especially me, you know, when I'm just like, this is so cool. And now we're friends and yeah. we communicate. So it's really yeah. neat. <laughs> because I, you know, I had looked at your Facebook page and there's some really old pictures and, and I was thinking, you know, what a great place for the people that still are alive, or maybe somebody will say, Oh, my dad raced there. Here's some pictures. And then somebody gets on and said, well, whatever happened to Harry Jones, you know, and yeah. Oh, Harry's here doing, and it just reconnects people. And like yeah. you said, it gives people a place to gather. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of what I've done with women in motorsports on Facebook. That's kind of what I was looking for when I started this whole thing was yeah. a group of women involved in motorsports to connect everybody. And there wasn't anything, which is why I started it. But it's the same with you. You've made this page available for people young and old interested, whether it was their great, great grandfather or their dad mm -hmm. or whoever. And they can keep this history alive, basically on your page. Absolutely. Definitely. And it's really cool because, you know, I don't race anymore, of course. Um, and I still have my car though. I won't sell it. <laughs> it's in my garage. Maybe but, your daughter, maybe your daughter will drive it. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. But, um, it's really cool because, you know, I went from being a driver and now, um, I am into researching and it's really cool because now people are calling me and I'm not even sure like how they get my phone number to be honest with you sometimes, yeah. but they're calling me, you know, saying like, Hey, I'm restoring a vintage race car and I'm seeing if you have any information on it um, or any pictures, you know, so that I can restore it to the original car, you know, and it's just really cool because I'm also helping people, yeah. you know, with their projects and, you know, and I have always helped out, you know, at the racetrack, I was a pit crew for various teams and some of my friends and, and now I feel like I'm kind of on the other end of that. I'm helping out people, you know, in a different way and right. really, and I'm, but I'm still very connected in the motorsports world, you know, even though it looks a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what's cool about that is, and I have this conversation uh, with a lot of different people that I interview is that there are so many ways that you can be involved in motorsports without being the driver. Right. And whether it be a paying job, uh, whether it be something that you're passionate about, like you with your speedways, you know, for me with the Women's Association, there's just so many opportunities. And I think a lot of that gets lost in the shuffle of fate, you know, um, focusing on the driver. I, you know, I love drivers. My granddaughters are drivers. And I, yeah. I love, we wouldn't have women in motorsports 
as much as we do if we didn't have all these drivers and then all the support people for those drivers. But there's just so many other things that you can do. And I think what you're doing is such a good example to, you know, women all over the world, honestly, you know, we reach, we have a lot of followers in Australia and the UK and they have to have lost speedways over there too. We're going to, we're going to just take Dale Jr.'s name and just use it all the time. You know, he better not copyright it. Otherwise, we're not <laughs> able to use it. but I just think this may inspire somebody to be like, I want to do that. I want to learn about the speedways. For me, I grew up in West Central Illinois and we used to go to Quincy, Illinois Raceway and to watch racing. And then my son in 1996 started racing at Macomb, Illinois. And that's that speedway's been gone or closed for a long time. And so I, I sent Matthew a note and said, well, if you ever do a story on the Macomb Speedway, I want to be there. I want to come because that was where my son had his first race. And there's just so many memories there for us and different speedways. And, and, and just think about the millions of people that those stories could affect if somebody took the time like you to put them together. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. So What's, you know, as far as like motorsports and, and um, your kind of your legacy, I would, I guess my answer for what your legacy is, I kind of know, but what do you think? You're only 28, you've got a long time, but you know, what, what do you want to leave as um, a lasting mark on motorsports? You know, I kind of mentioned it before, you know, just um, leaving just being remembered as leaving Maine's racing history better than we found it. Um, that's really what it's all about. Um, I'm obviously very young, um, and I have a lot of years to keep doing research, you know, but I really want to be a guiding light also for other, not only females, but males as well, um, that do want to research, even or in Maine, you know, just research more on tracks and, or different states, you know, and like Bobby Marcos and I have talked, you know, let's really bridge the gap here, you know, um, from where he's from and me being in Maine, you know, he's like, let's, you know, work together and try to find, you know, the racetracks like in between and bridge that gap, you know, and I really want to find more people like that. And, um, just be a guiding light and giving them pointers and whatever, you know, and just really uh, leaving Maine's r- racing history better than yeah. what it is right now. So. Because, you know, if somebody's interested in, in doing this, the first thing would be like, where do you start? I know. And I was just going to say that, you know, it, it can be overwhelming, you know, and Arundel Speedway is actually very near and dear to my heart because um, it was the first track that I actually found myself <laughs> and um, and it's really special because it's still there and not a lot of these tracks are of course but you really just have to take it one track at a time and um, you just have to you have to do one track at a time that's all yeah. I can so- really say so, you know, I get, you said, you know, the historical societies and that are helpful, but 
but how, how did you like, so you started with that track probably because that's the one you knew. And then how did you find all these 50 tracks? I mean, every town doesn't have a historical society. Right. Um, well, I go on Google Maps or um, Google Earth. <laughs> right. I literally comb the state of Maine. Like, really? You, yep. You can still see some ovals. Um, some even aren't racetracks, which is a whole different story, which is frustrating. But, yeah. Um, I literally go on Google Earth and I look um, from an aerial view down and I just search like an area say like because there's a, a racetrack in Sanford like I wouldn't I mean I know where it is but if I were to be starting out oh I don't know where it is um and I'm not really getting much lead on other people helping um I just go on Google literally or historical aerial views is really awesome um because they have maps from back in like the 40s sometimes okay so that's another great resource um that I've used and it's funny because some of these historical societies don't even know that mm -hmm. there is even a racetrack you know in their yeah. town or um yeah. Of course, like I always get permission um, before going out and adventuring. Yeah. Um, a lost speedway, but I called the Sanford Water District because they owned the property that Sanford Speedway was on. And I was like, hi, I'm just calling. I'd like to get permission, you know, to walk the racetrack. Um, and they're like, oh, we didn't even know that that was a speedway. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> you know? So it just, isn't it interesting that the city water company would own that property? I know. It makes I, you wonder why they would have ever bought that in the long run. I'm not really sure, but I called them and they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so then, you know, you find you find the track. And so you found Sanford. So then how do you go about finding out? who might've raced there or trying um, to connect to somebody? Well, it's funny because um, like with Sanford and specifically um, there is a young gentleman that lives right next to it, um, the Speedway. And he actually messaged me on Facebook because I had posted a picture of Sanford Speedway. And he's like, Hey, I live right next to there. And um I know the guy who used to groom the track and he still has the tractor, you know, for that used to groom it. And I'm like, no way. So we ended up like, now we're like literally best friends. Um, we've gone out there a few times together and kind of explored and which is kind of cool because the pavement's still down there, but yeah. like trees growing through it, of course. But, um, you know, that's a really another great connection that I've made because he's connected me with other people yeah. that did have involvement in the Speedway. And I actually went and met the older gentleman. gentleman he's like 91 years old. Um, oh and he showed me the tractor that actually groomed the track. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. You know, <laughs> Even though it's probably not a big deal to other people, but I'm just like, can I get a picture with you? You know, but no, but you know what? Just sitting here listening to that, it, it has to be exciting to find the man and be, I mean, I would totally be excited about that and want my picture yeah. with the guy at the tractor because yeah. 
that is such a good story. And having the picture with him and then telling what he used to do. And I'm sure he could tell you names of yep. lots of people that raced and, yeah. you know, give you a chance to maybe find the generations that have come down from there yep. to yeah. interview, to talk to them. What do they have pictures? I mean, honestly, I, I could see this would be a full-time job if you wanted it to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. If I could only get paid for it, <laughs> that would be amazing. And no, that's but... the trick. What you do is first you have to find your passion yep. and then you find a way to make money at it. And so, you know, there's, there's ways, there are ways to do it, but um, so, so interesting. I, I tell you the motorsports industry is so varied and so interesting and just the, the people have, you know, they're rich, they're poor, they're young, they're old, they're, from all across the country and they're just, but they all have one thing in common. And that is that they love racing yeah. and, and you can just pull all those together, pull all those people together into one, you know, group and, and just be, it's just like people who just love and have a passion for motorsports. And you just never know who you're going to meet. Do you Paige? No, you don't, you don't really. And I've met because of my lost speedways, I've met truly lifelong friends, you know, like yeah. Matthew Dillner and Bobby Marcos, like lifelong yeah. friends, you know, and, um, along with a lot of great other people. And yeah, I wouldn't have had that, you know, if I didn't start, you know, the lost speedways thing and it's just yeah. really rewarding. It really it is. is. Even though I'm not getting paid for it and I don't really care to, but it's just, it's really rewarding because I have those friendships and it's yeah. really great. So it is really great. And I, I'm so glad that we were able to connect and tell a little bit more about what you're doing. And, you know, maybe somebody's going to listen to this and reach out because they knew somebody that raced there, or they want to talk to you about how to fix their car to look like a car or whatever it yeah, might be. And absolutely. And that's really cool. So yeah. is there anything that I haven't asked you about? that you'd like to share about what you do or your Facebook page. It's called Maine's Law Speedways. It's on Facebook. That's how you can find the stories and the pictures and everything. But is there anything else that you'd like to share about it? Just go out and support your local racetrack, really. Yeah. Um, that is so important. Um, they need your support and um, as well as you know, just supporting the drivers also, you know, you don't have to be a driver to right to really be involved in racing, you know, but just go out and support your local racetrack because, you know, and be careful really what you post on Facebook also, you know, I've seen, you know, some track bashing, you know, and you know, it happens, you know, people leave mad, you know, but just be careful, you know, because, yeah. you know, that could be the next lost speedway and we don't want that. So go out and support your local racetrack. Definitely. That's a, that's a very good point, Paige. I hadn't even really thought of that, but uh, Facebook has a, a it's two-faced. It's great in so many ways, and yet it can be very harmful to businesses and racetracks and people. So um, good advice. I love, I love what you just said. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, congratulations on your daughter. Thank you. That's exciting. And congratulations on connecting all these people from Maine's Lost Speedways. I love seeing you on um, Lost Speedways episode. And do you remember what episode you were on? 
Um, I was on season two, episode six. Okay, so get on Peacock and watch season two, episode six, and you can see Paige and and you can watch her on TV, which is kind of exciting, and uh, learn more about that Speedway. And then we'll just stay in touch, Paige, if there's ever anything I can do to help you. I'd love to, because I think this is really important what you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I love talking to you. Yes. Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMA Nation at gmail.com. <laughs>